Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Off the Boards. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me is Jonah Jordan. We are here today to break down. It's not National Signing Day, technically, but at the same time, it kind of is National Signing Day. It's Everybody early signs. signing. Early it's, signing. It's, it's considered early signing period, and February is considered National Signing Day, but now December feels more like uh, National Signing Day. But anyways... Memphis had 15 signees today, which was big, which is about what we expected when we forecasted everything last week, Jonah. Uh, There weren't really many surprises. Um, Ryan Silverfield said in a press conference that they have some guys that have already sent in NLIs that are waiting until February to announce. One of those guys, uh, he didn't make this public, but I know it's true because I've talked to him. Javon Nelson has signed, so do not worry about that. He has sent his NLI in and will be announcing in February. But Jonah, the one surprise of the day, and it wasn't a surprise if you are on the VIP boards because we put it out last yeah. night, and that is a three-star guard tackle, plays tackle in high school. Ryan Silverfield said he's going to be a tackle, so we'll see there listed as a guard. Uh, McKaylin Pounders from Bahelia High School. How big of a get is that for Memphis, Jonah? I mean, Ryan Silverfield said it himself. I mean, he's a huge human being. Like, that's a massive person. So, I think it's a big get. He was committed to Mississippi State, decommitted to go play for Ole Miss, and then things happened. And it left him without a school, and his relationship with Ryan Silverfield kind of brought it home, I think, and was able to – because I thought, for a second there, me and you both thought he may wait until February. That was like, okay, if he waits till February, anything can happen. But if he signs tomorrow, it'll be Memphis. And they ended up getting it done. Um, it's it's a funny thing, the early signing period. Um, it used to be that one day in, in February where everybody had to wait, had to wait, and anything could happen. And even more stuff can happen then. I mean, Ryan talked about it in his press conference here today that, I mean, even up until last night, SEC programs were trying to flip Royce White, who's a three-star, who was what? He was Memphis's first commit, right, Christian? Correct. And so they're still working up until the last minute. And a lot of guys don't wait. Uh, the guys who do wait are guys who have a lot of people after them. So Memphis was able to get it done. But my favorite thing that's happened over these last two weeks, Christian, is I was sitting in Five Guys the other night waiting on some food, had a long day. I'm like, man, I'm going to text Christian about a couple of story ideas. I go, hey, man, we need to do something about early forecasting, about, hey, who's signing, who's not and 20 minutes later, you had half the people. What? How many texts did you send in a 15-minute period? I sent like 17 texts and got texts back from like 14 people within 10 minutes. So, yeah, that one was uh, that was pretty I was crazy. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a full day's work. This is going to be like, oh, we'll be able to spread this out. It'll be great content. And then you were like, boom, it's done. And I'm like, yeah. man, I haven't even gotten my food yet. <laughs> Hey, I learned from the best. I learned from Brooks Hansen. But, uh, Jonah, we were talking about McKaylin. Uh, I asked Coach Silverfield about him in the press conference on Tuesday. 
about what he brings to the table. What does his size mean for this program? So that, let's take a quick second and hear what Coach Silverfield had to say about one of his newest signees, Mikaelin Pounders. With Mikaelin as well, I mean, you just talk about a massive human uh, that can do so much. You're right, we, you know, to be able to get some movement in the run game, uh, big body guys that have some nastiness to him, the way he plays, obviously a local guy. Um, we feel like the sky's the limit for both those tackles. We really do, and I do think they're both tackles. Um, and you get a chance, as you guys know, it doesn't happen overnight, but to develop these young men and uh, see what they're able to do. But uh, as you guys know, you can never get a good enough tackles. Um, constantly got to work at it, and we're excited to add those two to the offensive line. So the reason I asked Coach Silverfield about this is because, to me, it's it's huge because they have done so much, so many things with undersized offensive linemen. He talked about Dustin Woodard and how he's one of the best players that the school's ever had uh, on the offensive line, undersized guy. Manny Arona Lopez, undersized. Dylan Parham, undersized. So they've had, outside of this year, one of the best offensive lines in the conference with undersized guys. So if they can do that with the Dustin Woodards of the world, what can Coach Bridge and Coach Silverfield do with a 6'6", 300-pound monster? And that's what's intriguing about this is because when you get size like that, and I don't know if he'll end up as a guard or a tackle at the next level. Like I said, on 247, he's listed as a guard. He played tackle in high school. Silverfield talked about him as a tackle. I think his more natural position could be guard. But also when you watch his film, he pulls from his left tackle spot, and that's hard to do even at the high school level. So it appears that he does have the athletic ability to play offensive tackle. Regardless of where he ends up on this offensive line, he should be uh, a major, major addition. Uh, and I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what he brings. Uh, I don't think he's coming in early. I don't I don't know yet, but I don't think he's coming in early. I think he's a summer guy. Um, so he won't have as much time, but still, uh, I think he can compete for a starting job his, yeah, his no, freshman I- year. It's an interesting thing that Ryan's tried to do since he got to Memphis, what was it, five years ago, four years ago. Uh, It is, he got here, and the offensive line was tiny. I mean, they had guys all across the board, and then they had to go recruit Dustin Woodard, who was undersized. He was undersized, and he didn't have any offers, and they were able to pull him in. Uh, It has been a focus. Wasn't he planning on walking on at Arizona State? Walking on at Arizona State. and. That has been a focus from day one, and they've slowly been able to get bigger, get bigger, get bigger, and I think this is finally to where Silverfield kind of wants it to be because even last year against Penn State, they were dwarfed. Like, they they were that that Penn State defensive line made them look tiny, Um, and they're getting closer to where they want to be in this class just kind of helps them get there because Royce White's big. Last year they got a couple guys, Braxton Offer, Jonah Gamble, um, and Mitchell Gildahouse. Gildahouse. I was making sure I didn't butcher his name, (laughs) who – all are big dudes, but Royce White, I mean, I think Royce White and McKaylin Pounders are just outstanding additions to a team that needs help on offensive line. Yeah, completely agree, and uh, I, I've got I've got a little segment that I want to do here with you, but first, do want to mention Andrew Jones is locked up. I mean, you can't overstate how big it is. Like you just said with Royce, Royce White, there were still SEC programs hitting him up as late as last night to try to flip him. That's the that's the game of recruiting. That's how it works. So you never know when someone's going to get flipped. But Andrew Jones, the sign, had his signing ceremony today at John Arrett High School in Louisiana. So he's locked. That's done. Big addition. Um, but Jonah, for you personally, uh, we, we talked a lot in the past couple podcasts about guys that did not make an impact in the 2020 class because they didn't need freshmen to step up. 
if you had yeah. to if you had to pick one guy, who is your guy that makes an immediate impact in this class? Oh, that's a good question. I I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards two guys, one of two. Don't steal mine. Either, either Greg Rubin, who I really like, or Tyrell Raby. Hey, go with that's, either one. Neither one of those is my guy. I think I think they need impact players in the secondary so bad, especially with TJ Carter leaving and we're not really sure if if Tyrez Lindsay, Jacoby Francis or any of those other guys are coming back. It's going to have a opportunity for one of these younger guys, either somebody from the last class, like I think you like Andarius Kofi a lot. I think one of these guys could maybe work their way in there in some capacity. I'm not saying like they're going to start, but because, you know, you can't expect a freshman to start. Like what happened with TJ Carter at Memphis is such an outlier, but I do think they could make an impact. And maybe Cam Wright or J.P. Martin, but that's really like offense is so much harder to predict, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree with what you're saying there. I think Greg is more physically ready for the college game. I think Tyrell is a little bit more skilled as far as flipping his hips and fluidity. Um, but Greg's physicality, competitiveness, size, strength, those are all going to translate very well to the collegiate game early on. And not to get all too much on a tangent because I don't want to I want to keep this recruiting based. Um, but I think <laughs> I think that secondary is going to be young next year. Oh, yeah. Regardless, because you mentioned Andarius Coffee. I think he's a great player, can play all three positions in the secondary think he could get involved next year. Devontae Nelson, redshirt freshman, think he can get uh, involved in the secondary rotation. And then you've got so many defensive backs coming in this year. I think uh, I think Greg, Tyrell, Jawan Odoms could all potentially get in the rotation. I mean, you never know what happens when guys get yeah. on campus. I don't think Brandon Warner and Eric Randall are guys that are going to get into the rotation early, but you're adding a lot of young depth in the secondary. And for me, the guy that I think uh, is going to make an impact his freshman year, J.P. Martin. And that's a bit of a projection because he's a running back, and we know Memphis has a lot of them, but none of Quite them were few. that impressive. None of them that were that impressive this year. Colin Watkins took a big big step back. I expect, yeah. I expected them to use him a lot in the receiving game this year, and it's just like he it didn't really pan out. How much of this do you think is a product? I know we want to focus on recruiting, but how much is it a product of the poor offensive line play rather than, you know, that they're just not good. Because I think even if Kenny Gainwell had been back there, there would have been moments he would have struggled. There are absolutely games where he would have, sh- uh, have shown how great he was. But I still think that there's such a limit because they just weren't – some games they weren't ha- forcing open those holes. There were just no gaps to run through. There was times where they're having to dive forward between five defenders to get one or two yards. Yeah, I do think that's a big part of it, but – for me, it's watching all these guys, knowing their skill set, and then knowing JP's skill set. And we mm-hmm. know that we know Memphis in general doesn't typically like playing younger players. Even with Silverfield at the helm, they're not a team that throws in a lot of young guys. Uh, they didn't with Kenny Gainwell, who turned out to be one of the best skill position yeah. guys that's ever come through Memphis. Um, but when you look at what they have, they don't have a receiving back, just straight up. I think Asa Martin's the best receiving back, but I think he's more of a, a pure running back. Uh, I don't think Rodriguez-Clark offers much upside as at all as a, as a receiving back. Uh, I thought Colin Watkins was going to take the next step this year as a receiving back, and he didn't. Uh, so JP adds the most versatility. So I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. I think either Rod or Asa will probably end up starting. But or it, mystery, mystery transfer, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Who knows at this point? But I think JP has a very good chance of getting in the rotation uh, if he comes on campus. I, I believe he's coming over the summer. 
if he comes yeah. on campus and uh, prepared and ready because there's no substitution for versatility. Like you can't fake being a versatile player. And he's a guy that can play that Kenny Gainwell, Tony Pollard role. And I know it's a different offense. I know it's not Mike Norvell any, uh, anymore here, so it's a little bit different. There's not necessarily that role. But if you have a guy like that, you make that role. Uh, you make a position where he can get the ball in his hands. So uh, I love what he brings to the table. I was watching his uh, his highlight film today. His vision is is incredible for a high school back, which is what I look at. Uh, I don't really I don't really pay attention to speed in high school because every you know if you're that highly rated of a player, you're probably faster than everybody else. I look at vision and ability to read holes, and his his vision and ability to read holes is next level for a high school kid. So uh, even if he's not the starter, I do expect him to get involved next year. Yeah, one guy we're missing really like that we're both overlooking here. That the ratings overlook a little bit. You need a replacement for Riley Patterson, and David Kemp could be that guy. Like, yeah, they I, need a kicker. And that's something that we forget about because it's not a high-profile uh, position. It's not a high-profile guy, but he's a top-10 kicker in the country. And, and and like you said, you are going to need a replacement. I don't think they've had a scholarship kicker over the last two or three years. I think they've brought in more uh, walk-ons, but they don't have any – this is the scholarship kicker. So, yeah, I agree with that. I think he can he can come in and fight for a job. He's going to have to if Riley leaves. Like, yeah. <laughs> who, who else is going to be there? I mean, Riley's leaving. I mean, he accepted the invite to the senior right. bowl. You really don't take those and then come back. I don't even think you're allowed to. But, I mean, Kemp, he hit 54-yard field goal to win a game earlier this year. Like, I, the talent is obviously there, and I trust Pete Limbo's evaluation on these kids, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do too. Pete Limbo is one of the best special teams guys in the country. So, uh, if he if he is uh, thinking about taking a kid and thinks he's good enough to take on scholarship, uh, I agree with Pete Limbo. I'm not going to go against Pete Limbo, <laughs> and I don't think he was really I don't think he was ranked at all before he committed to Memphis, and and that's kind of a theme with this Memphis yeah. staff when they identify talent, uh, they tend to blow up. And I could sit here and name ten guys oh, from yeah. this year alone that they identified and offered before any any Power Five school, and then they blew up. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's just you know. One thing, interesting thing they did this year is that, uh, you know, don't have, you can't go and watch kids. You have to do everything over film. So what Pete Limbo did is he created his own stylized um, workouts for kickers and sent them to recruits and said, film yourself doing this and send it back to me. And that's how they, that's how they evaluated some kickers. Yeah, that's extremely impressive. And it shows you just how creative you have to get in this time. But Jonah, let's take a quick break. There's a couple things I want to hit on, on the other side of this. I want to get our thoughts on the most underrated players in this class. So we're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors. And on the other side, we will talk about underrated guys that signed with Memphis on Wednesday. I'm on a new level. I'm on a new introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Good day, Bill Quay. Four PM look like we hit bricks, how we sell bricks, we don't sell, we just make hits. Yeah. Turn up. So Jonah, I mentioned after the break that we were going to talk about underrated players and we will get there. (laughs) But first, there's something that we have to talk about from Wednesday's press conference with Coach Silverfield. We heard from Coach Silverfield early in the episode about about McKaylin Pounders, but what we did not hear is his soundbite on Jonah Jordan. And Coach Silverfield was talking about evaluating talent and how do you scout players that you can't see in person and how do you know that they're not lying about certain things? So let's take a second, hear from Coach Silverfield and what he had to say about Jonah and his analogy to scouting players. You know, normally you, you get to watch a film, right? You watch a highlight film, and then I also like to watch game film. And a lot of coaches will just go based off a highlight film. I like to watch some game film to see how they are and play and play out, right? We could all go put together brief highlights, but uh, – and then you got to – then you want to go see this person play live and do those things, right? Watch them practice, see how they take coaching, see how they move around, all the stuff you can't get on film. Get a verified size, right? I mean, it's it's like uh, – I won't say Jonah's dating profile, but it's like saying that you're you – yes, know, Jonah's saying he's 6'3", you know, 175-pound athletic body, and then you, you see him in person. So a lot of these guys you want to see face-to-face and, uh, and get a real feel for it because sometimes – uh, a 17 or 16 year old may fib on their exact size on it, but uh, that's part of it. Uh, we, we do prefer it. Sorry, Jonah's laughing. Uh, I really caught a stray bullet there. Just just sitting there on my phone and like typing out or like looking at quotes, thinking about tweeting something. And all of a sudden, I hear my name and I'm like, oh man, oh. It's it's like a it's like a Memphis media tradition to make fun of Jonah because <sighs> that there were countless times when coach norvell did it i mean it was it seemed like it was an everyday thing with coach norvell having to say something about jonah so uh for coach silverfield to do that i think everybody in the press conference enjoyed that i know it made me laugh <laughs> he for was sure. laughing so hard and uh, it made me laugh and then he kept laughing it was a good moment i really don't think you're really a real memphis head coach until you know you make fun of me so here he is. He's arrived. He's on the scene. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's funny because it actually sounds like something you would do. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like you on a dating profile would say you're 6'3 with an athletic build. I'm an athlete. Uh, but... I'm a prototypical <laughs> athlete. Everybody knows this. <laughs> All right. Moving right along from that, uh, <laughs> Jonah. Uh, like I said, uh, we want to get into underrated prospects. So for you, looking at the 15 guys who signed, who is the most underrated in your opinion? So... I touched on David Kemp. That's one of them. Uh, guys who sign that 
or underrated. Arrington McRae, I know he's a guy you like a lot. Uh, Memphis needs tight ends, and Silverfield touched on him. I think he's kind of been underrated because he's been injured a few times throughout high school, and he was throughout the end of his senior season. And Memphis definitely wonders what would have happened in this final stretch if he had not been injured if another team would have kind of tried to move into his recruitment they're really excited about him yeah absolutely so like you said Silverfield did touch on him so let's take a second hear what coach Silverfield had to say about Arrington McRae and then we'll get back with our thoughts on the other side Uh, he's a young man that weighs about 227 pounds but runs like he weighs about 205 I mean he's got the great hands he's got Sean Dyke's running ability I'm not comparing him to him but that type of route running ability uh, fantastic player and you know where he really developed this year was as a blocker um, so he's going to be he's not the 6'5 you know 250 pound tight end he's more of that h-back that we've been able to use but he's got a little bit more size than the guys we've had in the past um, and he is a dynamic player and Arrington's one of those young men that will also be here in January uh, so he'll get thrown right into the mix this spring as well. So I agree with everything you said before, Jonah, and I agree with Coach Silverfield here. And I know for a fact, at one point, he was waiting on that Arkansas offer because they had started getting involved and they were thinking about offering him. He's an Arkansas guy, wanted to go to Arkansas, but it didn't pan out, fortunately for Memphis. So that shows you a school like, first off, I know Arkansas is not the best SEC school, but when it comes to tight ends, they consistently put out good tight ends. So uh, the fact that Arkansas... If he wouldn't have been hurt, probably would have offered him. Kind of tells you all you need to know about Arrington. Uh, in that clip, Coach Silverfield talks about his route running ability uh, and the way that he runs. And he said, I'm not comparing him to Sean Dykes. I'm saying he runs route like routes like Sean Dykes. Well, I am comparing him to Sean Dykes <laughs> because I think they're doing what he wouldn't. I'm doing what Coach Silverfield wouldn't because I think they're very similar players. They're undersized tight ends who are basically receivers. advanced. Yeah, advanced receivers that have work to do on blocking. And Arrington took a big step in that category this year, like Coach Silverfield said. Uh, still some development there, but that's why you have guys like Cameron Wilson and Drew Martin is because they mix it up, they block, they do things like that. So that's why you go out and get a receiving tight end you, like Arrington. You missed a tight end. You missed a tight end who played a lot in that Houston game. Caden. Um, Priestcorn. Priestcorn. Came out of nowhere, really. I've ne- I've ne- honestly, like – we're gonna be we're gonna be dead honest here. I've never heard of the dude. Like uh, we don't really keep up with walk-ons uh, very often. It's, it's one of those moments where we got hit because we haven't been in practice because of COVID. Um, where we would have known about all about this guy if he had been in practice. Yeah, or if we had been in practice. But you see him out there, and you're like, who is number eighty-six? Yeah, and he's a big dude. Like he looked good at running the intermediate route. So it just shows you there's there's bodies everywhere in college football that you don't know of and sometimes they pop up but I think Arrington you know we talked about guys that can make an impact early if he comes in and he's going in in January if he develops the way that I think he's capable of he could be your best receiving tight end from day one and I know we've talked about Tyce Daniel a lot and expected a lot from him for years now but it just isn't coming to fruition like when I first saw Tyce I thought he was going to be the next guy and it never panned out. So maybe Arrington is that guy that comes in and steps up as a freshman uh, to be your best receiving tight end. Um, but Jonah, yeah. I want to I want to talk about my underrated guy. And yeah, I don't let's hear it. I don't know how this guy flew under the radar. I have no idea. And that's Jawan Odoms from Henry County, Tennessee. This kid is a beast. 6'2", 185 pounds. Plays both sides of the ball. Uh, I feel like every week I saw some of his stats on Twitter and I was like, dude, how is this kid not being recruited? He's putting up 180 receiving yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions in a game. Like, well, what? And, and he what doesn't position. Ha- what position is he going to play at Memphis? Uh, so 
I'm not going to answer that. I'm going to let Coach Silverfield answer that because he did in the press conference. So let's hear what Coach Silverfield had to say about Jawan Odoms, his versatility, and where they will play him at the collegiate level. Uh, he is a long, rangy athlete, and uh, he's got great ball skills. We're going to look at him at the DB position, whether it be corner or safety. I think he has the ability to play both. Uh, obviously played at a high level, uh, in essence, a local guy. I like to consider that not not too far down the road. Um, but he is a, a young man that, you know, is, is looks pretty, play ball at a high level. I think, like I said, he has the ability to play both corner and safety. He's got great hips, good foot speed, uh, and I think that's unique. So, Jonah, uh, Jawan Odom's question was answered by Ryan Silverfield. They will start him out at defensive back, which I like. And as Coach Silverfield said, corner, defensive back, we're going to see where he fits best, and I like that because what have we talked about? Memphis needs help in the secondary. Uh, they need bigger bodies at receivers. That's why they went and got a guy like Cameron Wright. So they uh, getting a guy like Jawan Odoms who can play safety, who can play corner, and who has legitimate size, 6'2", 185 pounds. Go look at pictures of this dude. He looks like a linebacker. So yeah. uh, I, love, I love the size. I love the versatility. Uh, if you watch him, he doesn't move like a 6'2 corner. I've talked about this with guys in the past, bigger cornerbacks. Uh, you know a bigger cornerback is going to be good when he can get down low and backpedal right and his hips are fluid and he moves the right way. And that's how Jawan Odoms plays. So another guy that I'm very excited about, don't know how he flew under the radar, don't know how he wasn't more highly recruited, but it doesn't matter. He's locked up. He's signed with Memphis. He had a legitimate offer from Tennessee, didn't he? Yes, I believe I believe he did, and I think they kind of when they started to fill up when they went on that recruiting burst, they kind of they kind of left him by the wayside, and uh, I'm sure Coach Silverfield and Coach Clark and Coach McIntyre are thankful for that. Oh yeah, I mean that happened a couple times with a couple kids where somebody filled up fast, and Memphis was able to take advantage, and I mean that was just another one. I I really impressed by because I, I didn't start. I think you said something about Odom's recently, so I really went back and watched his film, and man, you're not wrong. A kid's good. Yeah, he's very good. And uh, if you're wondering about recruiting rankings, because we're gonna try to wrap this up pretty quickly, um, but recruiting rankings, Memphis as of. 157 on Wednesday afternoon has fallen two spots to number 49. SMU jumped them in the conference, so they're sitting at third in the ACC, AAC, 49th overall. Still nothing to be like, that's not anything to worry about. This class is very, very good. But, Jonah, there are some guys that we don't expect to be in this class at the end of the day. Yeah, the class is going to fall. Um, I don't expect Myron Green to sign with Memphis. I don't. I think we're questionable on one other. I don't want to. We put it on the VIP board, and I think that's where it should stay. Um, it's gonna fall, and it's not bad. I mean, people. I don't want people to see this as a bad thing because at the end of the day, this this class has more top end talent than any of the classes before it have had, and that was what was important to get these difference makers to get these top one thousand recruits. I think JP Martin failed two hundred spots in the composite, but. I think the top 247 still has a really high opinion of him. That kid's good. Like, I don't want people to see the recruit rating and be like, oh, it's falling. But in reality, this is going to be the best class Memphis has gotten since 2017, and it may even be better than that one. Yeah, honestly, I don't even pay attention to the composites. I pay more attention to the top 247 rankings. I find them to be more accurate most of the time, not all the time. Uh, but you, you talked about J.P. Martin. He's the number 24 overall running back in the top 247 rankings. Andrew Jones is still a four-star in the top 247 rankings. So definitely nothing to hang your head about if you're a Memphis fan. This is, to me, for for my money's worth, this is the best class in school history. 
I think it will go down as that at the end of the day. You look at some classes and they don't make a major impact. I don't see any way this class doesn't make a major impact. You could be looking back on this podcast in two years saying I'm wrong, <laughs> but we could look back on this podcast in two years and say I look like a genius. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna give my opinion. You got, you guys know I keep it real. So that's my opinion on it. I think they did an incredible job locking up 15 of these guys, and they've locked up more that are waiting until February that have already sent in their NLIs like Javon Nelson, like I mentioned earlier. So nothing to worry about outside of Myron Green and one other player that Jonah and I have mentioned on the VIP board. So if you want to know who that is you have to go over there and check that out. We're not dropping all the VIP nuggets on this episode. But Jonah, successful day. Uh, I think we're looking I think Big we're day. looking at about 10 uh, not more than that. 12 to 16 articles on the site today with full features on <laughs> Cameron Wright, Seth Hennigan, JP Martin, uh Greg Rubin, Tyrell, Tyrell Raby. So, we got a ton of features if you want to learn about these guys, go check out the site. Uh we're going to have more stuff coming out today. Uh, we'll have the audio in this podcast from Silverfield's press conference. We'll have an article on Silverfield's press conference. So there's really no place to go for signing day coverage other than go Tigers 247 because, guys, it's not even close. Let's really? just be honest. It's n- it's not even close. No one else is going to put out 16 articles today and cover a basketball game tonight. You can't get that You're anywhere doing else. That. I'm not doing that. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you can't get that stuff anywhere else, guys. So head over to the site, check that out. Jonah, you got anything else? No. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. Hey guys. Hey. Oh, oh, Brooks this is, is on. This is Brooks. I'm dropping in. Last Brooks, second. Brooks is I dropping in. I just happened to join end. the Zoom. Sixty percent off right now, too. Oh. Merry Christmas. Gifted to your family, your friends. Go Tigers two four seven makes a great Christmas present. But hey, guys, I I just wanted to chime in and say, uh, sitting back from afar watching you guys cover this today has been uh, a treat. Y'all killed it. Um, y'all keep saying that the class is going to fall, and it might, and that's cool. But they're not done yet. I mean, like that this class will get bigger. There there are guys that they're going to get that may not count towards the rankings too, uh, grad transfer stuff like that. So either way, whoever they pull in, who will have it? You guys will have it. So. Good job today. Uh, like Jonah said, thanks for listening in. Absolutely. Back to you, Absolutely. Christian. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and to touch on that Brooks point, the only thing that matters is average recruiting rating, guys. Go check out the average recruiting ranking, not where the class falls. But with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Head over to the site, gotigers247.com. Check out all the coverage. And with that, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers and 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.